Maybe just um, if you could find Mark chapter 8 and could I uh, ask Debbie, and she knows it's probably coming, will you pray, Debbie, for, for me and for us? Um, I do feel God's given me this word for, for us. Um, it's been a challenge to me, um, but I just want to get it out. And if you can get past my, um, my words and my weakness to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, then, then that's, that's, what, that's where we want to get at. Um, thanks, Debbie. So as Helen has just said, um, New Year is traditionally a time for taking up things um, and also for giving up things. Um, And that's, I mean, this message has been coming for a while um, and then we realised it was going to be today. Um, So this is um, not something I had planned, um, but it's funny because it's about giving something up (laughs) and I just feel it's a call from the Lord for us Um, he wants us to give something up this new year Um, so let's find out (laughs) Mark chapter 8 verse 34 He called the crowd to him along with his disciples and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. This is about being a disciple. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me. Um, Whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. So this call of Jesus, um, it's not for an elite group of super um, deluxe Christians. This this call is for you and for me. You know, the word disciple is used in the New Testament 269 times. (laughs) You know how many times the word Christian is used? Sammy? Three, yeah. Um, So that that tells us something. This is is for us. This is really, really important. Um, You know, to think that you can be a Christian and not a disciple, that's a, a dangerous way of thinking. So this is really a challenge. It's a call 
Um, it's a call to lose your life, a call to die. Um, Dallas Willard, uh, one of our favourite authors, I'm going to quote him now. He said that the New Testament is a book about disciples, by disciples, for disciples. So if you haven't got it yet, you're called to be a disciple. Called to be a disciple. I just want to go to John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. In my margin, I've written, Linda, you want to be fruitful? You must die first. You must die first. Pretty serious words. Underneath that, um, I've got into the ground you go. You want to be fruitful? Into the ground you go. Into darkness. Think of that little seed that must die. It goes into the ground, into darkness, obscurity, anonymity, coldness, aloneness. Into the ground you go. So I have a question for you this morning. Are you ready to go into the ground? Are you ready to die? Are you ready to lose your life? Are you ready to be a disciple? Colossians 3 verse 3 is a verse that I have often wondered over. Um, it says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died. <laughs> So something happened when we received Christ. We received life, but we died. And you know, dead, something about dead people is that they don't have rights. They don't have rights. Um, and that's our call this morning and this year. It's a call to give up our personal rights. A call to give up our personal rights. And that is key to discipleship. You know, we're in an age where people are so aware of their rights. You know, legal rights, um, for example, the Freedom of Information Act. So people, you can get your dental records and see what your dentist has written about you. <laughs> um, you can check your medical records. You have a right to do that under the Freedom of Information Act. We have, um, we talk, you've heard of human rights. The right to die. Um, you, you hear people uh, uh, in court fighting for the right to die, um, the right to live. Then we have these cultural rights, the right to be thought well of, the right to be thanked. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I'm not doing that because you get no thanks for it. In other words, I have a right to be thanked for, for things that I do. We have a right to be comfortable, to, to have a comfortable standard of living, maybe nice food, a holiday once a year, um, a normal family life, um, marriage, maybe 2.4 children, nice house, and um, we have a right to have a nice garden, um, 
I read a sto- uh, true story in a book um, last night and it's about a guy who after 25 years of marriage arrived home and told his wife that he wanted, he wanted out, he wanted divorce. And the reason that he gave um, was because he's not happy. He's not happy because we have a right to be happy as well. So you get in the picture, like this is an age of having rights. And, you know, we're, we're living in this culture. So those thoughts, um, those cultural ideals, they affect us. But Jesus said we are to be different. We're to be different. If you're dead, you don't have rights. And we died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. I'm going to quote Lauren Cunningham, um, the founder of YWAM. Giving up your right to the people and the things that God has given us is at the very core of Christian discipleship. We need to give up our rights if we are serious about discipleship. Let's look at what Jesus modeled. Philippians chapter 2. Jesus could have come in all his splendor. He could have come um, greater, greater than the eye has ever seen in all his splendor. He could have come in robes of scarlet. All the world would have seen that he is king, because he is. He could have ridden on a white horse. As a warrior, he could have conquered every land, but he knew that if redemption's price was paid, it would take a lamb. Jesus did it differently. And we heard what Alan said last week about the swaddling clothes, how Jesus came as a baby and he was swaddled and restricted. And he allowed himself to um, to come into the restrictions of a human baby, a human body. The word became flesh. Philippians 2, starting at 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Jesus, in being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself. He made himself nothing. He took upon himself the very nature of a servant. And being made in human likeness and found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus didn't consider equality with God something to be used, something to be grasped onto. He made himself nothing. Jesus models discipleship. He models the way we are to live. Are you ready to be a disciple? And are you ready to give up your personal rights? Into the ground you go like that little seed into unseenness, coldness, obscurity, darkness, aloneness. Are you ready to die? You know, let's make this personal. As you're sitting in your seats this morning, just ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that I'm grasping onto, that I'm holding onto, that I feel I have a right to? Let him reveal it to you. 
he has gradually, gradually been revealing things to me, things that I didn't realize that I felt that I had a right to. And I've been trying to let them go with, with his help. I found a little book written by a lady called Mabel Williamson, who was a missionary with the China Inland Mission. And she wrote this little book. It's available online for free um, in 1957. And you know what it's called? It's called Have We No Rights? And she was on a journey also with the Lord. And she had to give up many different rights. She gave up the right to a comfortable standard of living, the right to good health, the right to a normal home life, the right to privacy. Do you feel you have a right to privacy? The right to her own time. The right to a normal romance, if any. The right to run things. And the right to feel superior. So could you give up those things, the right to those things? Could you give up the right to be recognized, the right to be thanked, the right to be noticed, and the right to be seen? Can you go low like Jesus did? You know, this really is a countercultural message because we are living in an age where greatness is to be seen, to be considered great is to be seen. Um, it's to be, to get attention and recognition. It's an age of selfies, you know, um, getting likes, getting, um, it's about getting attention and being seen. So can you give up that right? Because Jesus says it's not so with you. The mother of, of James and John had come to Jesus to say, could, could my son sit with you on the right and the left? Could they be seen? Could they be great? Could they be noticed? And Jesus says, no, not so with you. Not so with you. You're to be different. We are called to be different, to be hidden, and to embrace lowliness like Jesus did. Could you give up the right to have people think well of you? This one really hurts. And I hadn't expected it um, when I began, I suppose, my journey of discipleship, my journey with, with Jesus. It's not one that I would have banked on or wanted. Um, but could you give up the right to have people think well of you? You give up the right to um, a comfortable, predictable life. Because if you do, and if you embrace discipleship, you're going to have to give up the right to have people think well of you. And you'll not be, in, you'll not be alone in that. Um, just going to go to Hebrews 11, 24, and we'll look at a couple of people in the Bible who gave up their right um, to be thought well of. Moses, Hebrews 11, 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God 
Instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ to be of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Can you imagine what they would have said about Moses? You know, he'd been brought up in in Pharaoh's courts as Pharaoh's, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he was turning his back on that life. I can just imagine what they'd have said about him. You know, has he lost the plot? After everything we've done for him, he's so selfish and he's foolish. Look at everything he's given up. And Moses did give up some things. He would have, he would have had friendship groups, for example, um, within, within the Egyptians. And he was stepping out into aloneness and um, going into probably a season of <coughs> intense loneliness. And for, for many of you, if, to be a disciple, that is part of it you will be lonely. I have gone through a lot of lonely times in my life, um, having had um, a lot of friendships um, with people who weren't going in the same direction as me, um, and not abandoning those friendships, but it's a fact that if you're running hard after Jesus, it's a narrow way. Discipleship is a narrow way. And I know I have gone through periods of intense loneliness. Um, and, and what I would say is embrace that. Embrace that. Um, because God will make it up to you. And I now can say that I have glory-filled friendships. There's been a divine exchange. Um, So what you give up, you can trust God with. So that was Moses. What about Noah? Well, you all know that Noah was told to build an ark and there was no rain. And how he would have been mocked and laughed at. But he gave up the right to be thought well of. And he let go of what people thought of him. And I can just imagine people saying, he is wasting his life. What is he doing? He's totally lost the plot. Um, But he went ahead and he did it. What about the lady that poured out um, the ointment on Jesus' feet? In Mark chapter 14. She let go of what people think of her. Can you imagine what they would have said as she poured out that, that oil, that expensive ointment? So she, is, she is just wasting that. She's so wasteful. And she's also making a show of herself. Who does she think she is? She gave up the right to have people thinking well of her. She didn't care. She just wanted to give it all to Jesus. She gave up that that right to have people thinking well of her. Jeremiah, the prophet that I love. I feel for Jeremiah. 
Jeremiah in chapter 15, verse, verse 10. Where do you hear the pain and the anguish of Jeremiah? Alas, my mother, that you give me birth. Why was I born? I'm a man with whom the whole land strives and contends. Everyone hates me. Everyone hates me. How painful that is. I have never, now I've neither lent nor borrowed, yet everyone curses me. And then in verse 17, I sat alone because your hand was on me. How lonely he was. Jeremiah went through intense aloneness. Could you give up your right to have normal friendships and family life? Do you know he takes what you give up and he makes it glorious? And you can trust him to give up your rights. And there's an exchange, a divine exchange. And it's like you get a a glory stamp on you. You get a glory stamp. And it's like something is torn off you and it leaves a hole for, for glory to shine out of. And it's worth it. There's a lady, Jill Briscoe, that, um, that I love to read. And um, she talks about um, her husband and her in ministry. And she talks about um, how in their early days of marriage, she used to get annoyed because they would arrange a date night. And they'd be in the car and um, then he would get a call. And it never worked out. And over and over again, she was disappointed because they would arrange these um, nights out and look forward to them. And often it didn't happen or it was cut short. And she got to the stage where she gave up her right to have this date night. Um, And she said such a freedom that she experienced from she gave that up. And then, you know, whenever it did happen, They were blessed so much and she was filled with so much joy. It was worth it. And, you know, I was looking up old journals last night and um, I had a similar experience years ago in our our marriage. And I've looked up in my, um, the words in my journal and I have prayed, you know, Lord, our life, our life as a married couple and as a family is different. Um, you know, will we suffer because we are not getting, um, we're not having a normal, um, a normal marriage, if you like. Um, you know, what will happen to romance? And I got an answer from the Lord and it was actually, it came, it came to me the following day uh, in an unusual context, I, I find this this little quote in the dental surgery of all places, and um, it says, "Dedicate your life to a cause greater than yourself, and your life will become a glorious romance and a great adventure." And I can say that that yes, the Lord told me at that point. Just give it up. 
and it will be worth it. And, and he has given us a glorious marriage and a, a, certainly a great adventure. So I would just encourage you to give up your rights. Are you ready for this divine exchange? So in the tearing up, in the tearing of that right, the pulling away of that right and the giving up of that right, there is a pain and a loss and a crushing, but it does leave a hole for glory to shine out of it. I'm just going to, we're nearly finished, but just for a moment, go back to those people that we mentioned. Moses. Remember he left everything that he knew into loneliness and into um, looking foolish and being thought of as selfish. But in Exodus 33, there's an entire passage devoted to Moses and how he saw the glory of God. Show me your glory, he prayed. The little heading in Exodus 33 in my Bible is Moses and the glory of God. Moses got a glory stamp. <laughs> he got a glory stamp. And there was a divine exchange and everything that he gave up was worth it. What about Noah? Remember we said that people would have laughed at him and thought that he had lost the plot and he was wasting his life by making this ark. Well, how glorious is a rainbow? Imagine how Noah must feel every time the rainbow shines out over the, over the earth, you know. Uh, through him, a covenant was established and that rainbow was put in the sky. How glorious. He got a glory stamp. But yeah, it does come at a cost. And what about the lady that poured out the, that costly ointment on Jesus? What did Jesus say in Mark 14? Said, she did a beautiful thing for me. Imagine Jesus saying that about you. He has done something beautiful for me. Jesus said that about her. She did a beautiful thing for me. And what she's done will always be remembered. Jesus sees what, what you've done and what you've sacrificed for him. And he, he can give you a glory stamp. She gave up the ointment and she wasted what she had. But look what Jesus said about her. Could you give up the right to normal friendships and family life like Jeremiah did? Verse 19 of that same passage we were in, Jeremiah 15, where he says that he says that he's so alone. God says to him, you will be my spokesman. You're going to be my spokesman. I'm going to give you my words and you're going to speak them out. How glorious. And I don't think Jeremiah would have come to the end of his life and, and felt that he had wasted it. Because it's worth it. It's worth it to give up your rights. And just as we finish, I'm going to go back to Philippians 2. Where we looked at Jesus and what he did. 
Let this mindset be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, something to be grasped onto, but rather he made himself nothing. He emptied himself. He took upon himself the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by, coming, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. But then glory, <laughs> because therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That head that once was crowned with thorns is now crowned with glory. <coughs> he knelt to wash our feet and now at his feet we bow. And he wore our sin and shame and he's now <coughs> robed in majesty and he sits at the right hand of the Father. So just, are we ready? Are you ready to give up your rights for something greater and something more glorious? Are you ready for a glorious exchange where you give up the things that you think are important to you and they might be good things? Your hopes, even your dreams, your comfort, your right to be, uh, to be known, to be seen. Are you ready to, to just give it all up for glory and to live a glorious life and a life with no regrets? <clears throat>